want to talk about a new Netflix docu-series that's grabbing headlines. It's called I Just Killed My Dad. It's the true story of a 17-year-old who shot and killed his father in Baton Rouge, Louisiana back in 2019. It was covered heavily by our great TV station WAFB down in Baton Rouge. I spoke earlier today with a former reporter at WAFB. His name is Austin Kimker. He covered the case pretty heavily and he also um, was featured in this docu-series. So before we get to the interview, I want to play uh, the trailer for this uh, series that just dropped on Netflix right now because uh, it's pretty gripping, the, the case in itself. Uh, but let me play the trailer for you first and then we'll talk with Austin about the case and about being featured as well. The scariest thing about Anthony is he's just kind of like a blank slate. I don't know if he has empathy. We've now learned Anthony Tompley is accused of shooting and killing his father. He died at the hands of his own son. He said his father physically attacked him. I did not see any bruising or injuries to Anthony. He was definitely shooting to kill. This is not just a random shooting. Maybe there's a reason. I shouldn't be charged with anything. Because I didn't do anything wrong. Bert lived a secret life. But I just can't I really thought that I would never see Bert again. I forgot what an evil man he was. Bert wanted to control everything. The entire house is on surveillance cameras. At every moment, I was being tracked by something. Anthony doesn't know his birth date. He doesn't know his address. He never put me in public school, and I never understood why. What have you he was legitimately a missing child. They came right in the house and took it. What Was this really self-defense? Second-degree murder is a life sentence. This kid's entire life's on the line. 911, where's your emergency? I just uh, killed my dad. I'm joined by a former reporter at WAFB. His name is Austin Kimker. He covered the case of Anthony Tomple, who's featured in the new Netflix true crime series, I Just Killed My Dad. Um, what a headline, or what a title, I should say, and a headline, Austin. And that is Anthony's words himself, right? Yeah, right off the bat, uh, you heard it right in the 911 calls. Uh, I just killed my dad. Um, I mean, it was, it was pretty straightforward. It was, it was this crazy case that, you know, happened, uh, you know, right in our backyard, basically in Baton Rouge. And, and it's, you know, it's not every day that you hear someone kill their father. So it, it really made for a, an interesting story and in trying to figure out what all went into it and what happened and trying to figure out why he killed his dad. Yeah, we're looking at some video from the crime scene of that night back in 2019. Anthony Tompley, Tompley 17 years old, called 911 after shooting and killing his dad. Um, and he claimed self-defense, basically. He said that he suffered years of abuse. What happened that night specifically? And, and was there, and we'll, I guess we'll talk about this in a second, was there evidence that he, he suffered abuse? What, what led up to the actual shooting that night? Well, so that night... Um, the picture that was painted by Anthony and by some of his, you know, some of his, you know, interviews with police is that um, his father, Bert, 
and himself, Anthony, basically um, got into an altercation. Uh, Anthony was saying that Bert was trying to go through his phone. There were a lot of allegations that we kind of ran into um, as we dug into this. Um, Bert was apparently looking through Anthony's phone to see if he was uh, talking with his stepmom, uh, Susan Tomplay, who was featured in this in this series, uh, trying to figure out, you know, if, if he was having communications with her, uh, what they were talking about. The two had just uh, split. Susan had left the house uh, because of the abuse that she was experiencing inside of that home. She had finally had enough and decided that for her own safety, she needed to get out. And so that left Bert and Anthony in there alone. And uh, it came to a head that night and Bert came busting in. Anthony got away, locked himself in Bert's room, grabbed two handguns. And then when Bert came through the door, Anthony shot him, shot him multiple times and uh, didn't kill him immediately. Uh, he was rushed to the hospital and then later uh, he died uh, several days later uh, because of his injuries. Um, it's, but really that night it was, it was a tumultuous uh, scene that was painted by Anthony. Uh, as far as evidence though, and, and you'll, you'll see this more so in the, in the documentary, it, it wasn't like there was a whole lot of evidence that he was, you know, there was this huge fight. Um, they, they paint the picture that the house was fairly well put together uh, and there's, and the detective even talks about how he didn't see any bruises or, or cuts on Anthony at the time. So that led to some suspicion of, of Anthony's claim. But as we, as we investigated further and as, uh, law enforcement investigated further and it, you know, kind of went through the judicial system, some of the other details really started coming to light. Yeah, and he was initially charged with murder, with second-degree murder, and then that was dropped down to manslaughter. Um, what did you think as a reporter when, you, you know, first covering this, uh, you, you hear the, the initial claims of, you know, just shot the dad, uh, and then the trickle starts to come out of, of maybe this could have been justified, uh, and then the charge gets dropped to manslaughter. Um, what was it like covering this? You talked to the, his sister, I think was the first family member that had to come forward in his defense. And it was interesting that she didn't even know his brother, her brother was alive, right? Yeah, that was the, the familial aspect of this really um, was tough to put together. There was allegations that he'd been kidnapped by Bert uh, out of Texas when he was a kid. And we really started digging into that. And what we found, you know, through pulling all of the court records is that um, Bert and it was kind of a messy custody dispute, uh, between Bert and his, his then ex-wife. Um, and she had originally gotten custody in Texas and then Bert filed a motion in, in Baton Rouge and, and regained custody. So it was kind of a, uh, a, a dueling legal, uh, legal decisions there, but Bert basically got him back. And then there was this kind of loose like you know where's anthony there were some missing posters um and the and his mom kind of looked for him but i guess she was just kind of ground down by by bert's insistence to to get anthony and so really when we were digging into it it, it was really kind of con confusing at first and it really took a lot of 
digging to really get a better picture and start talking to other family members about, um, you know, what exactly happened. Um, because it, it really just kind of was this messy dispute that didn't fully um, come to light and it fully explain itself until much later on uh, in this case. Yeah, and um, so he was initially, or eventually, I guess, the prosecutors kind of realized that he was abused and they were able to, to strike a plea deal. Um, he was able to bond out of jail. They reduced his bond. We have some video of, of, uh, of that, too, of just him outside the courthouse. And then during the, I guess it was before the deal was announced, you know, we saw him at the courthouse with documentary crews out there, I guess, for this Netflix show now. Um, and you actually got to interview him as well. What was it like talking to him um, as he addressed the media? And what was kind of the public reaction at the time? Did people seem to have his back? Yeah, so the allegations were, were pretty, um, uh, the allegations of abuse were pretty tough. Um, the allegations were that he was basically locked up inside of his house under constant surveillance from Bert, basically for his entire life up until you know, the shooting. Basically, he didn't have any freedom. And once that came out, which it came out fairly early, um, the public opinion was, was I would say, largely in his in his favor. There was a few people that, that were still very skeptical of, of, you know, killing your dad. But as far as, you know, talking to him, you know, you could really get a sense that he had no social interaction. He wasn't he was verbal, but he wasn't very verbal. He didn't really say much. He was maybe not cold, but he was kind of stoic and, and just he didn't really want to talk that much. Um, there was never any emotion. Um, even when he when we were there, when he got out of jail on bond, uh, there really was never that much emotion. The emotion came from uh, Susan Tompley's stepmom and his stepbrother uh, that were there. Thank you. you know, he was for, just, uh, me. I mean, I guess he was happy yeah, to be out, but there was never, there was like never a big emotional big outburst like you would yeah. expect someone to, to, to have when they get out of prison uh, or out of jail, rather, uh, for something like this. And even when, you know, outside the courthouse, it's just, you know, just kind of one thing after another, and he just never really said that much. Even after um, the plea agreement, he never showed that much emotion. Yeah, it's really it's a pretty sad case all around. I mean, for just his, his upbringing and the family life, and uh, I guess hopefully he's doing better now. Have you heard any indications, or do they address in the documentary uh, what he's up to these days, because part of the the plea deal was that he had to get his GED and, and some education, right? Yeah, we haven't heard too much about Anthony, you know, post-plea agreement. Um, there was a list of things that he had to do, like getting the GED, counseling, um, you know, some supervision type stuff. But he never, um, I, I don't think he lives with his stepmom anymore who had basically custody of him throughout the, the, the judicial process. Um, I don't know exactly who 
he's living with now. Um, but once, you know, once, once it, the, the court filing, the courts, the judicial system concluded their, their process, um, he was basically, you know, let go and, and back into the world. Um, but you know, I, I definitely, it's an incredibly sad story and, uh, definitely my thoughts and prayers are, are with him and, and his family, um, you know, that, that he has some type of normalcy. I don't know how you ever find that or what that looks like for him moving forward, but, um, surely with, with enough support and help, um, he'll be able to get back on his feet and, and have some kind of decent life. Post yeah. All of this. Yeah. And I mean, the case now getting obviously international attention, uh, with this docuseries on Netflix, uh, what was it like watching it? What was it like being a part of this and kind of reliving, uh, the, those, uh, those couple of years that this has all transpired? Yeah. So this was, we did the interviews back in, I guess, 2020, um, which was a weird time in itself, but you know, that's a, a story for a different day. Um, but no, it was, you know, going through, um, done homework on this case and I had pulled so many court filings on this case. I knew it pretty well. And I was, I feel like I was able to, to shed a lot of light for the documentary crew. Um, the interview process, it was, it was kind of weird. Um, and you can relate, relate to this Graham, you know, being on the side of the camera you're on, um, you know, being, being the, uh, being the subject of the interview is a little different. Um, but it was, it was cool to see them, see how they set up and, you know, kind of being a nerd, I, I kind of enjoyed seeing how they set up everything and, and how they did everything in the process of, of, you know, the questions and, and getting, you know, kind of what they needed for the documentary It was different from what we do as journalists. Um, they have a little bit more, uh, freedom with how they can do, do things, but, um, overall, I mean, they got the story right. And, uh, I think they did a pretty good job and it was, it was fun to see myself on Netflix. Let's see, uh, that's kind of a uh, a crazy thing that um, my phone has been blowing up. So, yeah, I bet. And for people who I haven't watched it myself yet, I'm going to watch it. It just came out this week. But uh, what was what was it like watching the story? Uh, obviously, you know all about the case, but someone who doesn't know anything about the case, do they weave the story pretty well, or what is the series like? They do. They use a lot of um, the different players in the, in the case. They use a lot of the prosecution team, the DA's office in East Baton Rouge Parish, uh, they find family members and friends of Bert, of Susan, of, you know, of Anthony. Um, they really did a good job of, of pulling everyone together. So it was, I, I think for the viewer at home that's watching on Netflix, I think you'll be compelled. And I, I think you'll get a pretty good understanding of, of what happened. Um, some of the abuse that, that, was experienced in, in Bert's that he perpetrated in some of his previous relationships. It, they didn't paint the full picture there, but some of those details were pretty gruesome. So maybe they just didn't want to include that. Um, but I know like Susan Tomplay, she suffered pretty badly at the hands of Bert, uh, according to the different court filings that, that we had found and, and some of the protective orders that she had filed against Bert. Um, but you'll get a pretty clear picture of, of what the relationships were like and, and what it was like leading up to Anthony pulling the trigger and, and ultimately killing his father. 
What a crazy case. Was there anything that you learned watching it that you didn't know, or did you pretty much kind of know everything? Well, so the, because I didn't really get to, I never got to talk to, say, his mom or, and, and even for me, even though we had a fairly clear picture of what the, uh, you know, how Anthony ended up back in Baton Rouge and, and the kidnapping claims, they cleared that up a lot for me in the sense that they had interviews that, that we weren't able to get uh, during our time of covering it. And like they spoke to his grandmother uh, and she recounted when the police officers came in and took Bert or took Anthony out of their home and brought him back to Baton Rouge. Um, so it really painted that picture, which um, was enlightening for me. Um, and it, it helped me kind of figure out, you know, the kidnapping claims and the, and, you know, why there wasn't a, a broader search for Anthony after he went missing uh, outside of Texas. Yeah, well, it certainly is a fascinating case, uh, and it really does bring a lot of questions into, you know, what exactly does self-defense look like? What is it? What constitutes self-defense in in a case like this? And uh, maybe going forward in, in future cases, if they might look at this case as a, a precedent or an example. So uh, interesting, really interesting to be a part of it. Appreciate your time uh, explaining this uh, and uh, your 15 minutes of fame, I guess, now on Netflix. Uh, being watched all around the world. That really is crazy to think about. Yeah, it's it was a crazy story. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure we'd probably rather not have to have done a case like this, but um, I hope people uh, enjoy the documentary and uh, and learn more and and hopefully, you know, like I said, thoughts and prayers for Anthony and his family as as they try to move past this. I just killed my dad. That's the name of the documentary series. Three episodes right now on Netflix. Austin Kemker, former reporter at WAFB in Baton Rouge, who covered the case extensively. You'll see a lot of Austin in the series as well. Thanks so much, Austin, for your time. Thanks, Graham. All right, and here is a look at what the uh, series, again, looks like on Netflix. It's called I Just Killed My Dad. There are three episodes out right now, uh, about 40, 45 minutes apiece, uh, and you can see them right there. Check it out. Just came out this week.